Welcome in Rose City to Soccer Made in Portland. I'm Ryan Clark, joined by Chris Reifer. Uh, some big news to start out the show today. Obviously, those who uh, find themselves on the Twitterverse or elsewhere on, in the social media-verse uh, may be aware that I will no longer be covering the Portland Timbers and Thorns full-time for the Oregonian, uh, moving to the Oregon Ducks beat effective immediately. Uh, but some exciting news to share on air this morning is that the Soccer Made in Portland podcast hosted by myself and Mr. Chris Reifer will continue in perpetuity this season. Uh, throughout 2024, we will continue to record podcasts as regularly as is possible. Um, more often, obviously, when the season is rolling than currently with the off season being what it is in that there is not as much news, not as much to cover, no games, that whole thing. So very excited to have the podcast continuing um, and to be able to to have this venue for fans to to look and analyze and and look back at the the weeks gone by and the games and and the moves and and the places to eat i mean everything that you that you care about with this podcast will continue so i'm excited we got a whole new lease on life i was like i was all you know pablo escobar memes uh from from narcos like the the meme where he's like standing in the pool and sitting on the swing and, and like i was i was all that kind of vibe for like a good like six or eight days there however long it was uh yeah chris was sitting in a park he had his microphone like held up to his face but he just wasn't saying anything it wasn't plugged into anything it was just like yeah yeah it was a a sad sad state of affairs uh for a little bit but we got a whole new lease on life here folks soccer made in portland continues we are alive this is this really is like the podcast that can't be killed it has been through so many different iterations with so many different hosts and like like fate has come for it multiple times but this sucker's got nine lives let me tell you indeed so we're very happy that the oregonian is is choosing to keep us rolling on this pod um and obviously you know despite the fact that i am moving on and i'm not going to be the day-to-day beat writer for us uh, at the oregonian covering uh these two teams i'm going to continue to watch them regularly um you know keep up with essentially every game and um, you know, the, the news is, is going to be on my timelines on all still, the social medias for still tweeting so. the news this morning, even. Yeah. I mean, I'm still tweeting. So, you know, there's, I that, almost but. gave you like, I almost gave you like a, I can't quit you, uh, uh, meme after you tweeted that, that would have been, uh, it was, it was in, in the consideration, but it was like five thirty in the morning and I needed to go for a run. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been converted into a sicko, unfortunately, and there's no there's no helping that, right. as you are well there's, aware. There's no so, cure for being a sicko. Um, so so a lot to cover, obviously, this week on on this episode of the podcast, um, as we sort of check in here in the off season. Obviously, the the leading story being that the Portland Thorns were sold this week to the Bethal family, uh, NWSL record sixty three million total for the transaction. Um, Big day, obviously, for a lot of people in the soccer community, um, many of whom I've, I've seen on social media and elsewhere are now renewing or getting back on their season tickets as a result of the sale. Obviously, there were people calling for Merritt Paulson and Peregrine Sports to sell this team and continue to call for them to sell the Timbers as well. But, you know, the Thorns are sold. They're sold to a new ownership group uh, led by Lisa Bethal Mirage uh, and her brother, and their whole family who, um, you know, who bring a, a fresh face and, and sort of a new 
direction in the hopes of, of the fans of, of this team. Um, you know, they, they come at an important time, not only on the field and that there's a lot to do this off season for the thorns, but just in terms of rebuilding trust with the community and, you know, making right the very public and serious mistakes that the previous ownership made and, and continuing to grow this team in, in a way that I, I think that Thorns fans expect that Thorns players expect um, to be one of the leading women's sports teams in the world, which, which they have been look, I mean, everything that has happened to this point has, has put the Thorns in a very strong position when it comes to, um, you know, their global recognition, their importance and success in NWSL. And so now it's, it's on the Bethals to, to sort of build on that. Some of, some of the details that came out of the sale, obviously that $63 million number um, is, is big. We don't know exactly how that breaks down um, in terms of how much the previous ownership gets versus what uh, counts toward future investment. The Bethals have committed to building a new training facility um, in the next couple of years with the goal of it opening by 2025 until then, the Thorns will have the option to continue to train at Providence Park. It's not 100% whether they're going to do that yet. Um, that's up to new ownership and the players and, and everybody on their staff. Um, but Soccer Ops has immediately transitioned already to the Bethals, and the business operations are going to be handled, at least in the interim, by Peregrine uh, while the Bethals put together their front office. So a lot of other details to get into, but just first blush, initial thoughts, reading all those details, Chris, what, what's your reaction to, to this big day? So my first reaction is that I'm really, really, really happy for the people who are an important part of the Thorns community who now feel that they can come back into it. Uh, that, I think, is the most important thing uh, that has come out of this. There are a lot of people who are back. And they shouldn't have had to be gone in the first instance. I understand why they were, of course. I'm not blaming them. Uh, they shouldn't have had to be gone in the first instance. Uh, and a lot of those folks are now back. And that's, that's I think, very good news. And I think it's an important part of healing for that community that can help get the club now into a place where everybody's pulling in the same direction, where, uh, where there is sort of the, this unified front uh, that, frankly, made the thorns what it was in most of the first decade of of their existence. So I think that is enormously good news uh, for the Thorns. There is a, a pretty strong hint of a countervailing sadness uh, for me. Uh, and we've talked about this before, but uh, I mean, for me personally, at least, and I know some others feel this way as well. I uh, can't speak for everybody, of course. But it was an important and significant fact that the Timbers and Thorns were were two teams within the same club. Uh, and uh, so there is, I mean, it's expected, of course, we've been expecting this for over a year, uh, but it is expected, uh, but nonetheless sad that, that the club has been broken up. Um, so I think that emotion is, is still very much there. It's, it's especially a little bit bitter because it's not like it happened because it turned out to be untenable or, you know, any, or it didn't work to have those two teams in the same club. Um, that there, it happened because important people made big mistakes. I mean, it's, it's just as simple as that. Uh, and, and that's still sad. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, fans are still reasonably 
upset that that you know this this thing that was important was broken up by you know no fault of their own so like that emotion is in there as well uh in terms of the details uh, i think in as far as the logistics go it it sort of makes sense it's not surprising that the bethals uh, you know, set up a, a transitional mechanism to carry on the business operations. Of course, they need to continue carrying on those business operations. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it, while they're building out their organization, that takes time, right? That's not something that you can just do during a closing period of a deal like this. Uh, and so, you know, that that is something that just takes a matter of months for them to build it out. They need to do that. Um, but it sounds like every indication is that they're going to do that and that the plan is to do that and that this is truly just a a transitional moment uh, where they're going to have some of those business operations be run by the Timbers, effectively, uh, while the they build out the Thorns organization. But the intent is for the Thorns organization to be a standalone organization, which I think, given the, the questions about leadership on the Timbers side, is probably something that is welcome on balance uh, among many fans. So that all makes sense. Uh, soccer operations, uh, you know, they are certainly in their hands, but I think we're going to have to wait and see what exactly that means. Uh, you know, you reported, I think, that that the sort of expectation is uh, that Karina Le- LeBlanc will remain in her role. Um, but, I mean, anytime there's an ownership transition, that's, that's a question, right? I mean, it, you know, we, we talk about it all the time in sports that if you're working for somebody who didn't hire you, you're all, your seat is always a little bit hotter than if you've got sort of the tie-in of being hired by 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 the person you're working for. So I think we're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, in terms of the money, uh, I mean, I know, like, I don't care isn't really a, a the, like the best take for somebody who hosts a podcast. <laughs> like, that's not like the most exciting thing, but but pretty genuinely, I don't care. Uh, you know, I mean, when it, when, it, when it comes down to it, there are more important issues for me to to worry about and, and be concerned about than how much money is going into the pocket of somebody who already has a hundred hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, I just don't really care uh, that much, to be frank. Um, you know what the money means? It's it's so hard to say. I mean, we know that these deals in the past. We saw it with the Chicago Red Stars. The Chicago Red Stars deal was initially announced as a sixty million dollar deal, and then. There was some digging into the numbers, and you know, the actual purchase price was thirty-five million, and then the extra twenty-five million was sort of like guaranteed investment in the team. Uh, so, I mean, the, those numbers are always more complex when you get down into the meat than they're sort of presented in the press release. Uh, so, right. I mean, what to make of that sixty-three million dollar number? I don't know, and I don't really care. Oh. All, all that much, quite frankly. What's more important to me is that it seems like the Bethals are are motivated and moving quickly uh, to get the practice facility property secured and built and get that up and running. I hope they will uh, explore possibilities for grass uh, for grass uh, surfaces to train on in, in the interim. It sounds like they they are at least planning on exploring that. And I don't know if there's if there's a a, a good workable solution or not. Uh, that's that's a a level of of detail that I just don't have visibility into. But uh, you know, I'm glad to hear that at least that consideration is being made. Oh, uh, and 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 in terms of the the rest of the details, I I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's been they, every time you you tweet about this, you get like 
one or two response from somebody who's like, "I'm gonna move the team to Sacramento," <laughs> which is just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. I can tell you that like unequivocally. <laughs> That that the the thorns are not going to move to Sacramento. If the Bethels wanted to put an NWSL team in Sacramento, you know what they would have done? They would have gotten expansion. Yeah, in Sacramento, <laughs> instead of like yeah. spending a whole bunch of more money to come by the thorns and just to move them down to Sacramento. Like like NWSL yeah. is expanding. There are expansion teams to be had if you got the money. Uh, and so like the you know <laughs> it would have been much easier may- for them to do that if they really wanted to be down in Sacramento. And maybe they do that someday. I mean, we've seen Michelle Kong. She she's invested in multiple teams, you know, across the globe. So you know that's that's speculative, obviously. But the Bethals are, are people who you know they they bring a background of of that sort of you know infrastructure type investment in in the sports side, right? They they are part owners in the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, their background is that their parents got started in the swimwear business, and then the the children. Um, Lisa being the, the primary, um, the primary owner of the, of the thorns. And then her brother, Alex, uh, they bought their parents out in 2006, private equity buyout, uh, and have built out these, these sort of investment firms since then that, that have a whole lot of dollars going around, including investment in, in golden one center in Sacramento, the new arena that the Kings now play Which, in. Uh, I was actually uh, and, down there a few weeks ago. The area around that arena is pretty nice. Yeah, they built it, that area out yeah. uh, in a way that, it's you know, cool. that that's it was like a, a one billion dollar investment or something. And so their background is real estate. Their background is this type of investment. Um, and so that type of thing is is likely what they envision, um, you know, that type of investment in, in a training facility. Right. Is is they, they have the expertise of sort of finding those those locations and and getting good deals and sort of bu- building out things that you know have have benefited sort of the communities that they've that they've gone into now obviously we're we're in in the soccer community going to look at this with a critical eye and you know keep fans are always going to keep an eye out for for people in ownership crossing their t's and dotting their eyes on every as, business as deal and, and i mean yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's an important position it's a it's a public position and it's one where there's a level of scrutiny that's going to be just inherent in it right and so that is is a big piece of it that's to come in the next couple of years obviously the thorns will continue to play at providence park um the details of their sort of sublet of that building to continue to play have not been released we may find that out um in the coming weeks when the bathals are expected to have a press conference later this month um so we'll we'll probably hear a lot more in the way of details about the future from them get to sort of meet them and and get to know them on a on a personal level um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, obviously a huge moment for the, for the team, for the players. And it's been an uneventful off season. Well, the rest of NWSL, there has been a, a lot of events happening, especially over there in, in New York and New Jersey, uh, with, with Gotham, that's been an unbelievable off season. So, uh, we, we can get into that next, but you know, the, the ownership piece is obviously just this, this seismic moment in the history of this club as an aside about the area around the arena in in sacramento i was down there when uh oregon was playing washington in the in the pac-12 championship game and i wanted to watch the game so after i finished work i because i was down there for work i uh i uh i i went to a bar to to watch uh to to watch the game and i went to a bar sort of in that that district around the arena 
And like, as I was, I, I just went to the, this place, I was, you know, enjoying some delicious truffle popcorn. Folks were very nice. The whole, whole place was very nice. It was great. Nice experience, but it kept getting busier and busier as I was there. So I was like, at some point, cause that game was weirdly early. It was at like five o'clock. And so at some point I was like, oh, there must be a Kings game tonight because like the place is, is getting packed. Uh, and like the, 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 that neighborhood was sort of bumping. And so like the game gets close to ending. Uh, I think I had to go somewhere else to, to meet some folks. Uh, so the game wasn't quite over, but I had, I had to leave. And so I like walked out toward the arena being like, Oh, I'm going to see all the people going in for the Kings game. It was not a Kings game. It was a trans Siberian orchestra concert. And let me tell you, Sacramento turns up, turns up for the trans Siberian orchestra. It was lit. It was wild. I mean, who wouldn't? That's who truly wouldn't? one of the one of the one of the great experiences <laughs> in life is to see the Trans Siberian Orchestra live. Truly, but, truly, yeah. um, and and Sacramentans. I assume it's Sacramentans. I have no idea. Sure, Sacramentans not? are not about to let that moment pass them by. Like the way the rest of America is like popping off about the Eras tour. Sacramento Trans Siberian Mother Cluck and Orchestra. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that was an aside. Uh, but uh, so, as the Bethals come to Portland, where we're slightly less enthusiastic about the Trans Siberian Orchestra, in my experience, um, they, I mean, they got a big job to do. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's sort of since we're been we've been talking about memes from various TV shows and movies uh, over the course of this episode, and basically all episodes. That's like my love language, basically. Um is memes uh uh i mean this is the 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 meme from community of like you know donald glover walking into the burning room with like somebody shot like it's that's kind of where the thorns are at right now (laughs) like there are a lot of things to do there are a lot of fires to put out then they kind of all need to happen at once so they got a big job uh i i in some respects i don't envy them uh, in some respects, you know, they're sort of being welcomed as liberators. So, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's, uh, it, you know, there's hope, uh, for the future that they can tackle these things. Uh, but look, I mean, they've got a, a an off season that they're coming into where m- many, if not now, most of the biggest free agents are off the board. Like Gotham's basically s- signed all. Yeah. Of them. I yeah. mean, <laughs> like sucked up all that oxygen. Like that's, uh, and, and, and a few others have, have have gone elsewhere uh, but that's basically off the board uh there there's still some free agents including some that the thorns can resign becky sauer and, and christine sinclair although that's a little bit of a foregone conclusion uh and and there's still sinclair is not not necessarily sauer yeah yeah, yeah yeah sauer not a foregone conclusion sinclair i mean that writing has been on the wall and her instagram page so is the instagram page is not considered a wall right the wall was facebook the wall was Facebook. I don't even know has if Meta can, has if Meta still... taken the wall nomenclature from from Facebook to Instagram. I haven't heard the term wall with respect it's, it's to grid. Facebook in a very long time. It's that's true. That's true. Profile, I just look, I don't use the app anymore. So Not, neither do I. Neither do I. Yeah. And but I I was like I was an OG. I was in back when like it was only for your college. It it was it was a lot less creepy. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a lot less weird, uh, at, at that point. Anyway, lots of digressions. Um, 
but nonetheless, uh, you know, it, it they they've got an off season that's stuck in the mud, and it's a really important off season. I mean, unlike the last few when the Thorns could basically run it back and expect to be competitive at the top of the table, that ain't true anymore. Like unambiguously, that ain't true. They got to make some moves. They got to make some deals to reinforce the roster to get it to a point where it's going to be competitive. You don't need to look far to see that there are other teams around NWSL that are that are arming up. San Diego is going to be really good again. Like that's that's basically a fact. Barring something, barring a bunch of injuries or something like that, they're going to be competitive again. Gotham is stacked. Absolutely stacked. More talented front to back on the roster right now than the t- than the Thorns are. I think that is that is about as hot a take as my I don't care. Um, like that <laughs> that is a fact as well. Uh, and so there's a lot of work to be done. And here we're sitting in January, and they've done bupkis. They've done nothing. So you know, I mean, in some respects, I imagine that first meeting after the closing with. Uh, with Karina LeBlanc, I kind of hope it was short and like the sum and substance of it was just like, go, like, go, <laughs> go do things. <laughs> yeah. Just like a quick high five, uh, uh, one quick woo. Hey, as, hi, nice to meet Karina. you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's, it's going to be interesting these next few weeks. You wonder too how, and we talked about this before, how much the ownership transition hampered or impacted, you know, the, the, ability even of someone like Karina or, or her front office to sort of make these type of moves. We don't know. We don't know, but um, like, I mean, come on, <laughs> they haven't done yeah, anything. Like, yeah. There <laughs> has must not have been had anything, some right? effect because like they haven't done anything. Yeah. So far it's, it's been solely subtraction, right? So C- crystal Dunn obviously is part of that, you know, superhero group of Gotham players that, that, uh, that have been signed. Um, she, she's going to Gotham, um, along with others, um, including Rose Lavelle from, from Lorraine. Rain. Tierna Davidson. Um, Tierna Davidson. Uh, Emily Sonnet. Um, Emily Sonnet. That's like, yeah, that's it's, like it's, half it's, of a really good starting 11. <laughs> yeah, it's USWNTFC now, yeah. right? Like if the Thorns are like the, the Canada FC plus Sophia Smith plus Olivia Moultrie, um, you know, it, then, then plus you, Sam you Coffee. Make an Come on, man. And Sam this Coffee. Is, this is, I'm, I'm this just, is a, I was thinking national a, teams. A, 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 a Sam Coffee admiration podcast, no question. It's also a Wayne Coffee admiration podcast. We love Wayne. Hope one of Wayne our, had a nice one of our drink. loyal listeners. Yeah, I, I hope so too. He's a wonderful man. Um, so so yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a uh, it's a crucial point in the off season. Now at a point where we talked before about the Thorns being at risk of being passed up, and you know, if if the off season ended today the thorns have unequivocally been passed <laughs> yeah, I mean they're not I, at risk of it anymore like it it happened yeah and and it, now the question is now, whether it's... they can pull off some sort of tortoise and hare kind of off season i yeah finish that's... it strong to where they they keep themselves in in contention and you know they they have a ton of like amazing individual players coming back this is not a situation where we're belittling what is left for the thorns right what is left for the thorns is very very good but you have to fill those holes and and patch up the areas that need to like definitely be patched up right especially if you don't retain other free agents like either Becky Sauerbrunn or Megan Klingenberg right 
that makes it even worse because then you're talking about patching up areas that you know you thought you had sort of stalwarts and we, we don't know necessarily at this point where those negotiations lie whether they're more likely to come back or not but those are obviously the first things you want to do then you want to add more and then once all those things are taken care of the real as as you've talked about top priority is that Sophia Smith extension right because then you don't want to be in a scenario where you lose her uh, at the end of her contract for nothing an extremely extremely important presence in NWSL one of the best players individually in the world we've age, talked age of what 22 23 yep 22 gotta keep gotta keep players like that yes or get no. a lot of value for them yeah yeah so so that's we've talked ad nauseum on on the Sophia Smith uh extension thing but the the big focus right now for Karina LeBlanc and and for the Bethals as they take over is is to build out this roster in such a way that they can make it easier for them to contend in 2024. And there's a related issue. The NWSL is getting better all across the board. No question. And there's a related issue here that we've referenced, but I think is worth talking about, which is the effect that not having a training facility has on their ability to attract talent. I mean, this isn't a matter of speculation anymore. Uh, Lindsay Horan just up and said it. (laughs) That was the factor, at least, in her decision not to come back to Portland. Uh, Lindsay Horan is an important player. Uh, we weren't the only ones watching that interview. Uh, I, she's an influential player, obviously. Uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who feel the same way. And that matters not only in terms of retaining players like, I don't know, Becky Sauerbrunn, but, and in the future, Sophia Smith, and maybe in the future, Sam Coffey, this will be a, that'll be a very sad episode. If, 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 you know, the subject of, of much of Arthur's appreciation leaves. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, those are all things that top players like that are going to consider when they decide where to sign, because those are all players who are going to have attractive contract offers in many other locations. Right. And so a lot of times their decisions, uh, yeah, I mean, contract details are important, obviously, but in many times those decisions are come down to other factors like that, like what the training situation is like. Do I feel like I have a chance to be successful there? Uh, what the living conditions are like. I mean, all of those things matter. And if the Thorns are still sitting here with with no concrete plans, at least no training facility in place and no concrete plans for a training facility, uh, I think it's going to be harder. And so. I think one of the things that the Bethals are going to have to do as part of their effort to recruit talent to come to Portland is they're going to have to sell their vision for the club. And the more concrete and refined that vision is for the club, the more sellable it's going to be. So I think that's, I think that's going to be, that's a big factor in terms of, uh, of that success on the field. And I think success on the field in these next few years, you know, teams go through ups and downs, right? Uh, it is it is very rare, and frankly, it's very boring when this happens, that a team is just spectacular like for decades and decades at a time. That's rare. Teams go through ups and downs. Uh, 
but this is an important couple of years for the Thorns, especially as the Bethals are, are, are establishing their ownership. All of the process of healing this community and, and building it out and starting to, to capitalize further on a lot of the economic opportunities that I very much believe are there for the, the Thorns, such that they can they really can grow the club to the point that I think it should be grown to, all of that is a lot easier if you're good on the field, if you're competitive. It's a lot harder to attract those new partners at new levels if you've got a team that's missing the playoffs. It's a lot harder to, to get people excited again for obvious reasons. Even if you're doing a lot of other stuff right, if the team's not competitive on the field, it's, it's tough to get folks back in the fold. And so I think it's important for the next couple of years in the short term that the Thorns be competitive. Uh, and, and that's just going to be hard because of the ways in which the club has not been built out over the course of the last few years. And of course, that's not the Bethal's fault. But it is the conditions that they sort of arrive in. And, and it's the challenge that they, that they face. Uh, and, and so that's why I say I think they've got a, they've got a challenging job. Um, but uh, they, they, they now have a whole group of folks behind them uh, to help them do that job. Uh, and I, I think they should, they should you know, move quickly to, to really form a relationship with those folks to, to have everybody pulling in the same direction again. Because I think that's the way it gets done. For sure, and obviously fans will get to know the the Bethals and and the whole family that is sort of involved in this uh, in in the coming weeks and months as as the transition happens. Obviously, on this podcast, open invitation to them to come on and sort of introduce themselves to the soccer community. Um, we would love to have them on in the future if possible. Um, same same goes for everybody involved in both of the teams for uh, PTFC, which now. Is still PTFC, but is in two separately owned pieces. PTFC. PTFC, yes. Uh, One final note on the Thorns uh, before we move on to Timber's discussion. Uh, Ricky Savacki, the Danish defender who the Thorns signed with, I think, like three or four games left in the regular season uh, this year. Um, We were wondering sort of what happened there in terms of either injury or, or absence from the team. Uh, she didn't make an appearance during the regular season or in the playoffs. And and now um, she announced today that she is medically retiring from soccer uh, at age 27 due to a heart condition. So obviously thoughts are with Ricky. Obviously that is just an unbelievably difficult thing for anybody to have to go through and a scary thing um, to, to have to step away from a sport that's been your whole life. And so, you know, major, major thoughts with uh, with Ricky at this time. And and so it's unfortunate that, you know, we we didn't get to see her in a Thorns uniform, but that's secondary to the to the human aspect of of her just making sure she stays healthy and, and happy in the future. It is. And we've seen how things like this can can be very, very scary in soccer uh, in particular. That's true in in all sports, but we've seen it in soccer. Uh, relatively recently, and so I'm glad that this was caught and that she's able to put her health uh, over her career, even though I have tremendous empathy for the fact that she had to make that choice. That's It's hard. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, for the Thorns, that's that's another hole, right? I mean, they they clearly brought her in with how late they signed her last year. They 
clearly brought her in hoping that she was going to be able to be a contributor on the back line in 2024. Uh, and, and so for the Thorns, it's, it is a hole that they're going to have to fill now uh, in, in terms of, uh, of bringing in some, some new talent referring back to our prior discussion <laughs> uh, to, to do that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm both really empathetic that she, she's in this position and has to walk away from a game uh, that she's played at a very high level for a very long time. Uh, but also just happy for her that she uh, was able to, uh, to find this and, uh, and get it sorted out before, uh, before it turned into something worse. Moving to the Timbers off season, uh, last time we hosted this podcast, it was a similar type of story as what was going on with the Thorns, right? Uh, we were talking Bupkis at that time, but there, there's no longer Bupkis. There is, there's kiss. there is whatever, there is <laughs> sure, <laughs> there is, there's Kamal Miller. There's Kamal he Miller. Is, he's the, he's the headliner for it. Uh, he was traded from, um, from Inter Miami to Portland in exchange for a boatload of gam. Um, and like, and, like not on, a huge boat. This wasn't like a. No. This wasn't like an ocean liner worth. It was a closer to a dinghy than a. Uh, not, not a dinghy a, either. I don't know. Like whatever's in between. Like a a a a, a small yacht's worth of of gam. Yeah, I mean, it's you could probably buy a small yacht for the amount of. I'm gam sure you could. Not. That would be. I, I think that would be a a a pretty low grade yacht. Six six hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Are, are you in? Are you in yacht circles? Are you aware of the prices of these vessels? They, they are tremendously expensive. I mean, at least what I would consider a yacht. Six hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Have you seen some of these things? Oh, I I know the super yachts and stuff that like Jeff Bezos. Yeah, and, and like stuff Putin owns, owns, but I feel and, like and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you're not buying. You're not. It's not one of those yachts worth a gam. It's like okay. It's. I mean, th- what is a yacht? Well, okay, okay, we'll we'll find out. From yeah, people, I mean, maybe. folks, maybe. help us out on Twitter. Like, what is the definition of a yacht? And is there like a price threshold when you go from being a mere boat to a yacht? I don't know. Maybe Merritt knows. Um, so moving on to uh, the other moves that never the struck me as like a nautical guy. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I, know I mean, I don't know style. either, but you um, know. I, I don't um, see him walking around in like boat shoes with like a captain's hat or anything like that. So no, nothing like that yet. Um, Trey Muse and James Pantemis are also uh, coming to Portland, according to reporting from Tom Bogert. Obviously, um, that has not been made official yet in the way that the Kamal Miller move has. But those are two goalkeepers, one in, in Muse, who's younger, uh, sort of like a, a back-end potential type of guy and Pantemis has been in MLS but struggled obviously with CF Montreal um, and and is more of a veteran presence. Um, Tom noted in his reporting that the Timbers are not done yet at goalkeeper so maybe there's another name out there that they see as more of their regular yeah, I don't and, think they have and a number one yet. more solid starter. Yeah th- those are guys that you you know, people in MLS circles view as, as depth pieces. Right. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, Muse is an interesting depth piece, right? 24 years old. He had a great season last year in the lower divisions uh, with the battery, if I'm remembering right uh, at Charleston. Uh, uh, I mean, that's, that, that's a good move. You want, you want a guy like that, right? Who's who you think is, is at a good age and is leveling up. Um, You want a guy like that in the club. So perfectly solid move. Um, Pantemis is, I think sort of a, a, uh, reclamation project, if you will. He was a guy who, uh, in, in, in when in his age twenty four season, 
Montreal saw as a potential future starter and has fallen off that level. Maybe this is a scouting play where the Timbers think they see something in him uh, that they uh, that they think they can tweak or develop uh, to bring him back to that level of being a starter. No objection whatsoever to that, uh, to taking swings like that. Sometimes those pan out. Many times they don't, but that's fine. Like, it's good to take some swings like that, especially when you're doing it uh, for, you know, off-roster budget kind of numbers. Uh, and so, like, I think those kinds of moves are are good. They're the kinds of moves that you want teams to be making they're also not the kinds of moves that are going to reshape the roster though uh and so to the extent that we're we're talking about the task of the timbers sort of getting the roster into a healthier spot to take them from a two-time non-playoff team in a league in which it's very easy to make the playoffs to something more competitive those aren't the kinds of moves that you're going to be able to point to meaningfully and say see we're doing it uh those are just the kinds of moves that that are are, are good to do as death pieces in the offseason now, the Kamal Miller, Miller move, is. that is more yeah. of a, a, a meaningful move, and it's one that I like quite a bit. I like him a lot. Uh, I think he's uh, a really good, at least sort of stylistic fit uh, with Zach and McGraw in a back line. The question will be whether they play in a two or a three next year. I don't think we know that. Miguel Araujo is still on the roster. They, uh, they seem to still have, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say high hopes, but some hopes. Uh, about Araujo, even though he didn't meaningfully appear for the Timbers last year, what three total appearances after joining right. in July? In July, uh, and Dario Zuperic, who uh, you know he he, it, to my knowledge, requested a trade, but he's still on the roster, and the trade hasn't happened. Like so that deal gets done, though, right? I mean, you would you would with think just, in Miller, give, just given everything, yeah, feels like that deal gets done. Yeah, because Zuperic was the pairing with, yeah. with Zach McGraw prior to, and and this it unequivocally is the move for for a top level center back, and and you know Kamal Miller, as you said, great fit next to Zach. He's left footed, he's rangy, yep. he's athletic, he, he he moves in ways that you know previous center backs that have been next to Zach just don't move like that. The, it's just the, a, it's a different player. The one problem is like help us, Justin Trudeau when they're out on international duty because <laughs> if that's your starting center back pairing and Canada is playing <laughs> uh you've lost your entire pairing um if you're playing in a two if you're in a three uh then that's a slightly numerically different story uh so you know I mean I think that is one question that the Timbers need to make sure that they have some reliable depth uh if Zuperich is going to go and it seems like they're just over indexed financially at the position right now so it still seems like that deal gets done but assuming he goes, I think you need to bring in at least one other sort of, you know, MLS rotation level center back. Doesn't need to be a starter. Doesn't need to be somebody you're paying $500,000 to. But it needs to be somebody who you can give, you know, five to seven starts to over the course of a year and not feel like your season's going into the tank. Do you think that Eric Miller can serve as that, as sort of the break glass if necessary type of Maybe thing? Maybe the, they're already breaking glass if necessary with him at fullback. And so, you know, I mean, and, and that's very much the thing. In these international windows, if uh, McGraw and, and, and Miller are gone, there's at least a non-trivial chance that Mascara might be gone, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, they, they I mean, this is all just sort of, a meandering discussion to point to the fact that they still have some depth moves to make on the back line. They might yeah. have their starters now, uh, but they still have some depth moves that they need to make on the back line. Kind of like they have made at goalkeeper. They need to make some of those. 
Yeah, and it's it's undoubtedly too as as we've talked about a huge move to have a starter of the level of Kamal Miller, right? I, I think this is the biggest move that that Ned has made since taking over beyond sort of, you know, getting the the Evander deal over the finish line Maybe which Anthony. You know, yeah, Anthony was a big deal too. We'll you know, Anthony is a guy that could make a big step up this year for the Timbers as well. Yep. So, you know, no discounting that by any means. But this is a this is a BFD for for Ned. Um so yeah, that that's that's kind of the been the highlight of the offseason so far for the Timbers and then the other things have been sort of silly season ridiculousness on social media. Uh, a lot of it surrounding Evander where, you know, there has been interest from Flamengo. I know know for a fact that they've made a bid for him. But it's been nowhere near, as Tom Bogert reported, what the Timbers want out of a, a guy that a year ago they invested $10 million in just in terms of the transfer fee, right? If if Flamengo's come in with $7.5 million as their first offer, I'm probably not even taking the second call if I'm Ned. But if the second call is double that, then maybe, <laughs> yeah, hey. I mean, if they're going to if they're going to if they're going to roll in here with a bag, uh, you know, we're not going to kick them out. <laughs> Look, I, no, so yeah. so so a good buddy, a good buddy of mine uh, runs every year a music festival in Pendleton, Oregon, the Jackalope Jamboree. It is a phenomenal time. Uh, so but but so like because of that, I, I've been in the penumbra, I would say of uh of the music industry and when you're booking a band like the way like the industry works is that like if you if you like inquire to be like hey can we book you for next year they'll never tell you no go to hades right like like they're they're not going to tell you that oh but like bands a lot of times aren't interested and it's usually just logistics right they're like well we're going to be touring in the southeast at this time like i don't want to go up to pendleton oregon to play a show but like usually what bands will do is they'll just quote you a number uh that I've heard referred to uh in 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 some salty words but it rhymes with a duck you number um duck you by the way being where you the 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 beat that you cover now um yes uh but but <laughs> so so like they the, they'll quote you a number where it's just like you're not going to accept this <laughs> Come on, this is a this is a ridiculous number. You're not going to accept this. I'm making this offer for you to reject it and for us to be like, okay, nice talking to you. We'll circle back next year. Uh, but like you know, the the idea behind that number is like, look, if somebody's going to pay me this much money, I will play your backyard. Oh, uh, if you, for for the right amount of money, you can get the Eras tour in your backyard. It is a spectacular amount of money. Let me tell you that. It would take a spectacular amount of money. But if you want Era's tour, Ryan's backyard, theoretically that can be done. And, yeah, our backyard's not big enough, but sure. Yeah, well, you know, uh, get, 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 Taylor will play any venue if you got the right, the right price. And I yeah. think that's basically where the Timbers are with Evander, right? If Flamenco, you know, seven and a half million, that's not the duck you number. Like, not even close. If Flamenco walks through the door tomorrow with $13 million, yeah, Ned Grabovoy's not going to slam the door in their face. He'll hear him out. But, like, I think the Timbers number is basically at a point where, similarly, it is very unlikely that anybody's going to meet that valuation. And you get why. Right, they just paid ten million dollars for him last year. He had a so-so year, certainly not a year that would have enhanced his value. 
uh, not a year that would have tanked it, but like not one that would have been like, oh my gosh, they bought a $20 million player for $10 million. Like nothing like that. Yeah, it, it felt like the transition year that a lot of guys go through when they get to MLS where they're really good and they show those flashes, but it just takes a year, and, you know. And that's exactly the the point that the Timbers are thinking about, too, because he also didn't have the kind of year where the Timbers are like, oh, we got to cut cord, take what we can get and move on. There are very real reasons to think that Evander might be sort of in line for that year two bump that you just referred to and that we've seen happen with some frequency around MLS. And if that's the case, the Timbers aren't going to sell him now at what would be the nadir of his value. They're going to benefit from that year two bump and then see if there are offers that come in next year that make more financial sense. So I, I mean, I, all of that is a long way of saying, I think there's a 90 plus percent chance that Evander is in Portland in 2024. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that these are ridiculous rumors or anything like that because clearly there's something out there but i mean if you just sort of stop and think about it for 10 seconds (laughs) you kind of see that it's pretty unlikely that the interests are gonna get aligned on this deal at this time so uh, i i think the the strong likelihood is that he's back next year yeah and you know this is sort of just the territory that that we're in now with with where mls is right like major major high quality signings you know these this type of buzz happens with guys all over the league all the time right like evander like even though he had a year that may not have lived up to some people's expectations last year uh he was unequivocally the team's best player i, I don't and, know if and i would he, say unequivocally but he, he was one okay. of the team's best players he was unequivocally sure, yeah. one of the team's best players i'll give you that okay. let's not lose our heads though i mean Christian Paredes, I still, really solid season. Paredes was great. Zach McGraw was great. Sure. Yeah. But I, Evander, in my view, was definitely their best player. And so that this is part of the deal with guys like that, right? Especially, you know, given the Brazilian connections, given, you know, that, you know, he has ambitions to make a jump elsewhere in the, in a couple and, of and years. He's clearly like it's, testing it's part his market, of the deal. Which is like, cool, great. Like that, that's, I would do the same thing if I was in his circumstances. I would do the same thing basically every offseason. <laughs> Test my market to see to see what's out there. So like there's no like fair play all around. Like there there are no hard feelings here. Um at least that I can see from my perspective. But that also doesn't mean that there's going to be a move. No, and to say that there is a move imminent is completely false. So let's just say that unequivocally <laughs> on here. Um but there's been other rumors too. Uh, we we may not really get into them in super high detail here. Gabriel Peck is one that they've been connected to out of Brazil. Uh, that's very early, very vague. I there's not much to talk about there. He sort of fits the profile of the type of you know DP that you know Ned Grabovoy has been talking about potentially getting. But other than that, there hasn't been anything really concrete so far. So so that'll be the the thing to keep an eye on uh, is that young. DP or just straight up DP striker um, that they have talked about or wanting winger. to get and or, or winger. winger. Yeah. And, or most, in fact, I believe it's more likely to be a winger than a striker just given, you know, the roster construction right now. Um, departures. Speaking of strikers, Frank Bully um, has left and, and signed with the team in Mexico and Atletico then, Santa Luis. Uh, what a weird 
landing place. <laughs> yeah, not what I would have expected. A guy to go from Hungary to MLS to to Mexico, and and, and especially a... to to San Luis in, in in particular. That's like that's pretty obscure in terms in terms of Liga MX. Like, where are you going to go next, Juarez? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of an, an obscure landing place uh, makes sense. I wouldn't have been shocked if he'd landed with another MLS team. Uh, he's yeah. a, he's sort of an MLS rotation level striker. I'm not sure he's a clear cut starter, but he he had some good performances for the Tempers last year. And so, sure. uh, you know, I would have said he would go back to Europe and land in sort of a second tier league in Europe somewhere and probably be perfectly in place. I uh, wouldn't have expected San Luis, but there is. I will quibble slightly with their announcement, uh, their announcement tweet. Uh, where they they called him Frank the Tank and they spelled Tank T A N K, T A N C K was just sitting right there and that would have been so much funnier. Yeah, but I mean, what? Come on. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> then people who don't speak English necessarily wouldn't really know what they were talking about either because those type of like spelling words wrong jokes they work for us because we speak the language but they might not necessarily i mean tank is still an english word it is but but like the pun is just funnier and this is my thing like (laughs) we have people here who are available if you want to run a pun by us like reach out get help i'm okay with that stuff bill oram is like freaking pun jedi master Yes. Reach out. He's the, get help. He's the Qui-Gon Jinn to your Obi-Wan don't, Kenobi when it comes to... Don't try to, like, pun on your own. Like, there there are people who can help. So there was that. There was, there was Frank leaving for, for San Luis. And then we had Yimichara depart, uh, the details of which are a little murky in terms <laughs> of how it, it worked out. The language was, was interesting. There wasn't a <laughs> fee reported, but maybe there was a fee and it was so small that they necessarily didn't want to talk about it. I don't know. There wasn't a fee. I, we, <laughs> I mean, there, look, there wasn't a fee. Uh, the guy said to he be was paid $2 million last year, next year. Junior RFC in Colombia is not paying $2 million. <laughs> they yeah, did he, not he, assume that contract. So, so Yumi is back in Colombia at, at Junior FC with the with a team that, um, you know, he can sort of have a fresh start with, right? It's it's a it, it, look. The transaction was weird, but it's it's the move that sort of needed to be made, right, to free up that DP spot for the Timbers. Yep, um, good sort move of, for the Timbers. I mean, sort doing whatever take, needed to be done, the, however you yeah. characterize it. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. Uh. But good move for the Timbers to get that done, to get that DP spot opened up. Needed to be done. Yeah, that was the first order need in this offseason. Would have liked to have seen that sort of done and sorted out earlier so they could focus all their fire at this point on making the additions. Uh, but better late than never, and, and, and it's good that they got it done. For sure. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate that things didn't work out maybe the the way the Timbers had and Yimmy had hoped and in his time here obviously it was very special to to have the Char brothers on the same team and and for them to be out in the community and and giving back in the way that they did and and to be connected to this soccer community the way they were obviously Yimmy had some amazing moments including the bicycle kick and everything else um but numbers wise like it, it did not you know compute with it with the DP um by any and, and the signing was a mistake on the front end uh, you know, and not necessarily a mistake to bring him here in general, uh, because you know it was nice to have uh, Jimmy and, and and Diego together, and he was a solid player. Uh, you know, I mean, 
lots of good MLS teams would have Jimmy Chara as a starter or a guy who's who's a a frequent contributor. Um, but the bottom line is, outside of Colombia, he had never produced at the level that would have justified the six or so million dollar transfer fee that they paid him and the couple million dollars a year that they were paying him in salary. Uh, and I mean, when he was in Mexico, when he was in Brazil, those numbers just weren't there, at least in league competition. Uh, and so that was always a real reach at the numbers that they paid to bring him in. Uh, and and I think a lot of folks said at the time when they signed him in the 2019-2020 transfer window that it was an overpay, and those people are correct. Quite simple. <laughs> it's nice when, it, when, when, when history like lines up with a, a hot take of years uh subsequent events line up with a hot take of yours at the front end yeah it makes you sound smarter so you know it's it's always good when when things sort of fall ass backwards into being correct right i i I think bass backwards you mean mm, yeah that's that's exactly what i said right (laughs) so we'll finish there (laughs) that that that's our cue to exit stage left uh for for Chris Reifer, I'm Ryan Clark. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for continuing to listen and support this podcast in a way that truly justified us continuing to do it, right? We have a we have a strong uh and passionate listener base that that, you know, they obviously still want the the coverage uh on the larger side, but you know, to have this podcast I think is is a crucial and important thing for this soccer community to have a space to talk about these issues to react to them and and to to you know keep on rolling right like this is a this is a crucial couple of years for these two teams so um i'm happy to still be doing it um obviously you know i'm not going to be around to to write these stories in in the way that i was before hey but but let me tell you as somebody who made the transition from written word to spoken word never going to go back my friend (laughs) <laughs> writing is hard man it's a it's a pain it's a it's it's and, much and, easier to just sit here and waffle and, and, and like and talk the risks there's arthritis there's all kinds of stuff that 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 comes with it just just let let it rip for sure we won't be as active this off season as obviously we will be once the season gets rolling but i uh, will c- catch you in a few weeks until then make sure to like us subscribe to us wherever you get your pods follow us on twitter slash x at soccer maiden pdx at chris reifer and at ryan t clark leave a review if you so choose in fact if, if you're feeling friendly today or not whatever your opinion is leave leave us a review to 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 let us know how you're feeling yeah. because that that helps us keep the keep the pod rolling that's right so. and, and let the muckety mucks know who are who are you know making making these decisions know that you like having this around because that certainly helps uh helps us keep it around yeah, exactly. So so thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. <laughs>